The Bible is the only record we have that came from the God of the universe about our origin and our future and our prophetic destiny. And I will not surrender the scriptures for anything like this at the time of the end. We are living in different days. That's Pastor Michael Oxentanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Keep this telephone number in mind throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time. Once again, that phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenka, with today's broadcast here on Reaching Your Heart, entitled, When Mercy Meets the Beast. You know, it's amazing to me to see how people in this country are so quick to sell their loyalty to our country and its roots for something that doesn't even exist. I mean, I believe in the Constitution of the United States. Does anybody here believe in that thing? I mean, it's a document founded on Christian principles. Principles of tolerance, of Christian love and charity. The Constitution's okay. What's not okay are the political leaders in both parties that would like to subvert the constitutional principles that guarantee us religious freedom and prosperity in this country. And it's part of a world kingdom rush where people feel if we can just get all the nations together, we can solve the eco-issues of the world. We can bring peace to the world. And so give up your sovereignty. Give in to a world kingdom order. This is the talk that's going around. And it's really disturbing to me because I know what the Bible teaches. When the beast comes back, the people of the world treat the beast like it's a rock star. Look at verse 9. This calls for mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. There are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain only a little while. Verse 11, as for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to perdition. I'm not going to sit here today and figure that out for you here in the pulpit. But I want to focus on the next verse because of time limitations. Verse 12, it says, And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, But they will receive authority as kings for how long? One hour. And notice the key phrase, together with the beast. In other words, they will unite to form a world kingdom order at the time of the end. The Bible is saying that the kings of the earth will somehow gain sovereignty like that which existed in the Middle Ages. Which means we will move beyond free democracies and social states thereby derived to a time where people will govern the nations of the earth with demagogue-like power, and then they will surrender their power to fuse the thing together. Then the beast will be back online. He will be alive again. In verse 14, in the evil love triangle, the harlot city of Rome, the beast and the kings of the earth, the book of Revelation is saying is that they will all together make war on the Lamb. That's what happens when the city of religion joins with the kings of the earth. It is the lesson of history. This war is pictured in Revelation 12, 17 as a direct attack on the remnant church of the apocalypse who are faithful to Jesus Christ at the time of the end. The Bible says the dragon was angry with the woman, not the harlot, the woman, and went off to make war on the remnant of her offspring, the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and bear testimony 
to Jesus. The harlot city is a jealous lover that makes war on the pure and faithful woman of Revelation that does not corral with the kings of the earth and the beast power. The harlot is at war with the Bible believing Christianity component at the time then. You know, at the Congress. How many of you heard that speech that was delivered? Did you read it? You should read every word of it. Something in that speech, a number of things in fact, but something disturbed me deeply. Because it wasn't aimed at radical fundamentalism in Islam. It was aimed at Bible-believing Christians in America. And I'm going to read it to you. Direct quote from Pope Francis. We know that no religion is immune from forms of individual delusion or ideological extremism. This means that we must be especially attentive to every type of fundamentalism, whether religious or of any other kind. He leveled this statement before a joint session of Congress that was packed and the room was filled with enthusiasm. I cringed when I read this statement. At the time of the end, the harlot city will be unable to control the world kingdom beast that emerges just before Jesus returns. And so it is viewed that people who believe in the Bible, who have a fundamental confidence in the Scriptures, are somehow part of the problem. Well, yeah, it's true. If you believe in the Bible, you believe in seven days of creation, right? On the seventh day, God rested. What day is that? The Sabbath? Well, the Church of Rome has now said the Bible view of creation is false. We believe in evolution. It's correct. The Bible's wrong. Now, so if you're a fundamental believer in the Bible, you're at war now with the official church of the earth, correct? Now, what he's saying here is, is that these kind of thinking patterns, which I happen to have, that somehow I don't fit into this new world order. I don't care if I don't fit into a new world order, if I fit into God's kingdom. And the Bible is the only record we have that came from the God of the universe about our origin and our future and our prophetic destiny. And I will not surrender the Scriptures for anything like this at the time of the end. We are living in different days. The beasts and the kings of the earth will eventually destroy the harlot city. It will be like the French Revolution all over again. Revelation 17, 16-18. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the harlot. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. The Bible is saying that these forces will turn against this religious power. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out His purpose by being of one mind and giving over their royal power to the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city which has dominion over the kings of the earth. There's only one city on the face of the earth that has the kind of influence the book of Revelation is talking about. Look at verse 11, Revelation 13. Now, as soon as we have considered this beast from the sea and the harlot, we now must focus on another beast that follows it at the time of the end. It comes to prominence and it works in parity with this reemerging world kingdom order. Verse 11, I saw another beast which rose out of the earth it had how many horns? What does it say? Two horns like what? A lamb. And look what else it says. It spoke like a dragon. Verse 12. It exercises what kind of authority? All the authority of the first beast. Now that first beast had religious authority. So this beast ends up having religious authority and global authority as well. And it says and it makes all the earth and the inhabitants of worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed in the context in its presence. In other words, as that first beast is getting resurrected as a world kingdom order is coalescing at the time of the end, this power helps it happen. This power makes the fusion work. It leads the way for this new world order that the Bible is describing. 
In the context, the land beast, which is the lamb-like beast, arises at the end of the Middle Ages, at the end of the 1260 years, when the persecutions of the beast power of the Middle Ages have come to an end. The land beast comes out of the earth instead of the sea, which means it arises in the new world, not the old world. The land beast is a lamb-like beast, which means it is a Christian power. It is brought into existence based on Christian principles. It would thereby have a Christian constitution. It has two horns with crowns, representing a division of power in its legislative body. It is not a monarchy. It is something else. It is a house and a senate with no king, no crowns on the two horns. In the context, the lamb-like beast becomes the dominant superpower at the time of the end. It's very clear. It's described as having global, powerful influence. And paradoxically, it eventually becomes satanic in its actions when the beast from the sea comes back to life. It morphs from a lamb-like Christian power to one that speaks like a dragon. Now, friend... There's only one nation on the face of the earth that arose at the end of the Middle Ages. That arose in the New World. That had no monarchy. That had the division of powers here described. That was Christian in its early origins. And the Bible says it eventually speaks like a dragon. And that is the nation which we now love so dearly. The United States of America. My homeland. The Bible describes a transition in this country. From its noble beginnings to something horrific at the time of the end. Revelation 13, this lamb-like beast from the land is like John the Baptist in its relationship to the beast from the sea. Now, John was the forerunner of Christ. And so the lamb-like beast is the forerunner of this world kingdom order that coalesces. That's why Revelation 19.20 and Revelation 20.10 calls the lamb-like beast the false prophet. Christ said in Matthew 11.14 that John the Baptist was Elijah who is to come. In 1 Kings 18, 38, Elijah brought fire down from heaven. Remember the story? Brought fire down from heaven. The lamb-like beast is exactly the same thing just before the mark of the beast. It brings fire down from heaven. What country initiated the nuclear age? United States of America. Revelation 13, 13. It works great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in the sight of men. And by the signs which it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, look what it says. It deceives those who dwell on the earth, bidding them. That means making them. Passing laws, you might say. To make an image for the beast which was wounded by the sword and yet lived. In other words, it morphs. It morphs away from what it was to what it will become. Elijah brought fire down from heaven to lead the nation of Israel back to God. The lamb-like beast will bring fire down from heaven to lead the inhabitants of the earth to worship the beast from the sea. There will be a false religious revival in this country, according to the book of Revelation, that leads people to receive the mark of the beast. And the book of Revelation teaches that it gets dangerous right here in America. Freedom's shore will have bloodstains on the shore. And it will be a place of conflict over faith at the time of the end. In Revelation 13, 14, our nation will build an image to the sea beast that comes back to life at the time of the end. Now we saw a rapid movement from Washington, D.C. to the United Nations in the space of a few hours. Both of those speeches were transforming in American culture and in world culture. So what does this mean? Just like Nebuchadnezzar, who built an image and commanded the people to bow down and worship that image, the lamb-like beast, America, will transition to a time where it will do the same. It will force worship 
in such a way that there's a violation of the law of God. In verse 15, the lamb-like beast gives life to the image of the beast. The beast is that world kingdom order that comes back, as I said. That means the United States of America will change its constitutional principles to resemble the world kingdom order and its ideals. Now think about it. Are we living in a time where people are saying, well, let's be more American. Let's go back to the founding fathers and do it the way they did it. Or they're saying, let's be more European. Let's get in sync with the global culture of the United Nations. Which one is really the philosophy that's pushing us along? It's the latter. The book of Revelation says we morph to look like that new emerging order, not the other way around. Revelation 13, 15, it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast should even speak and to cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget, at the end of today's broadcast, we have a special book for you. We'd love to be able to give that to you. So stay tuned to find out more about that at the close of today's Reaching Your Heart. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again. Imagine being killed because you hold a certain view of religion. Well, I'll tell you right now, they arrested someone for refusing to pass out a marriage certificate that would violate her faith and stuck her in a federal prison. Right? Little people just can't fight the power of the state on their own. When attitudes change in this country, when religion is on trial, the power of the state can turn against God's people. On freedom's shore, the United States of America, right here, people will one day die in this country for Jesus Christ. There is no real unified outrage in the halls of power from either party that I can hear in Washington, D.C., for the genocide of Christians in the Middle East. I don't hear it. That attitude shows me that both parties will allow similar persecutions in the right circumstances right here in the United States of America. And then they will institute the mark of the beast, the number of the beast, and the number of his name, 666. And when they are done with it, friend, the whole world will wonder after the beast. That's the whole world but those who follow the Lamb. I don't want to follow the beast. I want to follow Christ. I don't want to be a part of a crazy euphoria that drags me away from Jesus Christ. When the world makes war on the Lamb, the Lamb will make war on the world. When the world turns on the church of Jesus Christ, Christ will return to the world to rescue His church. When there's no place left to hide, the hiding place will come here so we can hide on Mount Zion with the Lamb. Mercy will meet the beast from the sea and the beast from the land and the mercy from God's throne in Christ at His coming will defeat evil at the end of the age. Revelation 14.1, here's the picture of victory. I looked, and lo, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with Him 144,000, symbolic of the righteous of the earth who don't go along with this power, who had His name and His Father's name written on their foreheads. Not the name of the beast, not the law of the beast, but the name and law of God because they have faith in Jesus Christ. They don't go along with the majority. And that day Christ will come to save His people. And it will be the great and glorious day when mercy meets the beast and the beast is finally defeated. Friend, 
The world cannot win when it makes war on the Bible and the faithful church of Christ. I mean, you may feel like you're a minority, but if you're hanging in there with Jesus, you're going to win. We saw our country in love with the Pope of Rome. We saw it in love with the idea of a church-state fusion of some sort. Our political leaders treated him like he was a rock star. Now listen, I think he gives very good evidences of being personally a nice man. That's not the issue here. I didn't hear much talk from him or the crowd about Jesus Christ. I didn't hear them calling us to obey the Bible. I heard them and said, don't follow fundamental ideas of religion. Do what our theologians and philosophers think is moral. That's not what Christ is calling for us at the end of time. The only star in God's eyes is Jesus Christ. Christ inspired the Bible. The true stone, the true rock for the church, the rock of ages of when the future is built. We saw in the halls of Congress a harlot city flirting with our political leaders. We saw the same thing at the United Nations. The Chancellor of Germany took the challenge of Pope Francis by saying, we want to change our world and we can. The Pope is calling for a new world order of peace and environmental justice. Pope Francis called for the ten kings, the nations of the world, that's what it symbolizes, to surrender their power to the United Nations to forge this new world order. If you're not following the news, you're not following it. There has been study committees at the UN to save this planet environmentally. 193 nations with consensus that the Chancellor of Germany says has coercive force in world history. We must do what these nations describe. Friend, we don't have long before the mark of the beast and the final issues of the end are right here in the United States of America. Our country is cooperating with the kind of fusion that we are observing right before our eyes. 193 nations in consensus that forces are moving quickly to unite this planet, to save the planet from terrorism and from eco-disaster. And people who have a fundamental belief in the Bible are considered fanatics and fundamentalists who must be excluded from this new world order. What kind of person will you be when this test comes? When in the name of environmental justice, no man can buy or sell unless he or she has the mark of the beast and the number of his name. You can answer that question right now honestly because you don't have to look to the future. You can look inside. What kind of person are you choosing to be today? Do you value God's word in your heart? Are you so smart you don't need the Bible? There are some things, friend, that has to be fundamental in your life. Like faith in Christ. Like the law of God, the Ten Commandments. The seventh day Sabbath, which is Saturday. The Bible teaches these things. You go along with the New World Order, do whatever you feel like or what the state tells you to do. It's a lot better than the theologian stuff of the harlot church to follow God's Word. Do you study the Bible and the prophecies of the Bible to know the way? Or do you just study to learn some new point about this or that? Do you invest in the church of Christ at this time of verse history? Or do you find ways not to do it? Do you read the words of Christ as life for you so you can give life to others? Do you share your faith so others can live? Do you reach one so they can reach another? Are you actively involved? Or are you just kind of passively being swept away with the religious euphoria of our time? Friend, do you prioritize Jesus Christ in your prayer life in the morning? Do you get on your knees, commit your life to Christ? Yeah, surrender your sins. He's forgiving. Do you do that or you just don't bother? 
Do you follow religious rock stars who flirt with the world and play politics? Or do you follow Jesus Christ and the Bible? And yes, if they call you names like you're a fundamentalist, that's okay because you want to honor Christ fundamentally in your life at the core level. In Revelation 17, the beast and the kings of the earth will eat the harlot city and burn her body with fire just before Jesus returns. There is no future in the union that we see here portrayed. But what happens to the beast from the sea, the land beast, its false prophet? What's the final outcome for them? Friend, when Jesus comes, mercy is coming for his people. When mercy meets the beast, mercy will defeat the beast because God will save his people. The armies of heaven will destroy the armies of the earth. This great big warm fuzzy we see that's emerging in world politics today, fusing with the great world religions, will focus on the people of God at the time of the end to wipe them off the face of the earth. Christ will interpose. He will stand in the gap. He will return to save His people at that very important time and event. Jesus' eyes of love are eyes of fire. And Jesus is coming with fire to defeat the kings of the earth that destroys church. Revelation 19, 19-21. Here is a picture of the second coming. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who sits upon the horse and gets his army. And the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who in its presence had worked signs by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. Christ is coming in the glory of his father. And you know what he's coming for? He's coming to administer mercy to those who call on his name. He's coming for men and women who follow Jesus, not political leaders. Men and women who care about the word of God, who will not set it aside because smart people say it's ignorant to follow the Bible, who will follow the word of God. And you know, that faith in God's word will be the faith that is necessary to transplant you from here to glory. I want to be ready for that day. I want every one of my children to be saved. As I was working on this sermon last night, I felt deeply impressed to call my son on the phone. I didn't get him. You know why I wanted to call my son on the phone? I wanted to pray with my boy. Because I know that there are forces in his school that just keep him so busy he doesn't pray. Keep him so focused he doesn't get on his knees and open his Bible and study it. And I could care less if he gets a four-point GPA and he loses Jesus Christ at the time of the end. We have to keep our values straight. And I'm asking you to pray for me. I mean, there's a sucking sound in this world, isn't there? And I want to remain with Christ. I do not want to be yanked this way and that. And I guarantee you this. I've been praying about this. I will not preach to you dishonestly from this pulpit. I will preach to you the Bible. And you check it out from the Bible. But we are living in times when we cannot be just floating along. We must be in Christ. So I challenge you in Jesus. Christ is coming to save you. He's coming for mercy. Believe it now. Get your life right by doing the things that matter the most. Abide in Christ. Study and pray and share your faith. And you'll be looking for him in that day. How many of you are looking for that day? I am. Let's pray. Father, I pray a blessing on your people in this place. I pray that we will be in Christ. And that we will cherish our connection to the church that is faithful to him in these last days. And Lord, we'll be kind in how we talk about these issues, but true to the Bible. And Lord, please take us home. Father, I pray in this place for a revival. 
Not the fake kind. It's only based on feeling. But the kind that comes by the study of the Word of God. By the surrender of the heart to Christ. By the seizing of saving faith. And Lord, the majority of your people in the world today belong to so many churches other than this one. You love them all. And Lord, I pray that somehow in these last days that this ministry reaching hearts, our voice, will be able to help turn the tide to draw men and women back to the Bible, Lord. We refuse to surrender with the euphoria of our time. We will stand for you, not because we're strong, but because we need Jesus. And Father, we call on your name this day to give us strength to love each other, to love the world we're sent to save in your name and to be saved in Jesus' name, in his name. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered, biblical truths of Scripture in practical and relevant ways. Call us right now at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. And if you do call right now for a donation of any size, Pastor Mike would like to give you a book entitled Satisfied, How God Can Meet your deepest needs. Visit the website reachingyourheart.com to find out more about this ministry, Reaching Your Heart, and Pastor Michael Oxentenko. That's reachingyourheart.com. If you do have the means to bless us with a little larger gift of $500 to $1,000, it would particularly help us right now to continue to bring you these messages on this station. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can donate right there on the website, reachingyourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. Thanks for listening. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.